0: Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now.
1: Mr. Takovic, sir, I'm so sorry. Would you mind?
0: I have a taxi coming.
1: It'll just take a moment. Could I have another look at your driver's license? Uh huh. Computer keeps kicking this back. And this is your current address?
0: Uh
1: huh. Can I have your social security number again?
0: 531.
1: 531. That's the Pacific Northwest, right? It, yeah. I got a cousin who moved to Tacoma. It's supposed to be beautiful up there.
0: Yeah, it's um beautiful.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. You got a taxi. <laughs> Go ahead. 531. one.
0: Oh oh eight. Seven. One. Four.
1: Okay, that's 531008714. Oh, oh,
0: drink one drink two drink three long island iced teas but your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys blue lights you blink four o'clock in the morning St. trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born better call Saul better call Saul you want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran so you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can Blue lights, start a blank and those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. you will fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, just for all. You better
2: call Saul. It's a brand new episode of Better Talk Saul, Cinema Geekly's Better Call Saul podcast. It is Anthony and Glenn, and we are back after a very, very very long hiatus uh, Glenn did you actually I don't even remember when the last episode of Saul was but I want to say it was like June of 2016 yeah it was over a year yeah
3: it was June because it, didn't it end like right around the same time Game of Thrones did
2: I think so yeah and we're like alright well can't wait f- till next can't wait year. for
3: next April yeah and then it never <laughs>
2: came <laughs> They just they took their time making this show, and then they took some more time, after which has kind took... of been a trend. Because
3: uh, like Stranger Things got pushed back to 2019 summer, mm-hmm. uh, like House of Cards that uh, came out in May of the previous year, and now it's coming out in October.
2: Yeah, I mean they're taking their time with the Star Trek Discovery show. They're not pushing to to get that out. Although they are, they're not going super slow, but they're taking more time than a, a normal show would. So, yeah, uh the last episode was 6232017. So, it wasn't that long ago. It has it has been more than a year since the last episode. Uh and I was actually I've never I don't think I've ever had this happen before with this uh with any show really that's taken this long of a hiatus. Usually when a show takes a really long break it comes back. I'm like, oh man, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forget everything. And I, I didn't remember anything from how the last season ended. But then they do the, you know, previously or last time, whatever it was, and it all came
3: back to me really. Oh, because you watched it on television. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I didn't get because I just pre-order the whole thing on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So as the episodes come out, I just yeah. watch them.
2: Uh, so everything, not only did everything come back to me really quickly, but, like, everything came back. Like, I remembered everybody's name.
3: Like, yeah, and that, having not um, watched the previously on thing, mm-hmm. even the way the episode was structured, it was it was just, like, jumping right back into it. Yeah. Like, uh, it, they did a good job of kind of reintroducing it to you, but, you know, not necessarily, like, hand-holding, but... Because the show is so good, it just was easy to fall back into.
2: Much like another show we used to watch, Glenn, uh, called the Legends DC's Legends of Tomorrow. This show, much like that one, this is the only way I could ever compare these two shows. By the way, because they have otherwise couldn't be more diametrically opposed. Different, different type of prestige. Yeah, they're both of these shows criminally underwatched. Uh, this this return of Saul garnered. Uh, 1.7 million viewers, which is uh, way less than this show deserves.
3: It is, yeah. It Well, it, it wasn't like the, the headlines for the new season, like one of the most underrated yes. shows on television. And it is. It re- I, I don't understand. I, I don't even know if it's underrated so
2: much as it's... Because I feel like most of the reviews I read of the show are actually pretty glowing.
3: I no, I mean, like,
2: underrated in, like, the numbers. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Like, people are just ignoring that everyone's saying it's very good. Glenn, I believe at times you have even gone so far as to suggest that this is better than Breaking Bad at times.
3: I will say, top to bottom, I think as an overall thing, it has been better than Breaking Bad. Because mm-hmm. Breaking Bad didn't become Breaking Bad till like, halfway through, too. Yeah. At best.
2: Yeah. I feel like... I feel Not like that it was bad
3: before that, but it didn't yeah. become, like, the internet show until then.
2: Yeah, I feel until like... Until all really showed up. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like, a half a shade... I'm, like, a half a shade below you where I will say that I feel like the show has been at its worst on level playing field with Breaking Bad and oftentimes uh, surpasses Breaking Bad, which is tough because, for me, it's, like, one of my favorite shows ever, And I'm pretty sure by the time this show is done, this is going to also make it into like my top 10 list or perhaps even the top five list of all. Yeah. It
3: is going to be interesting the way that that settles.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, let's get talking about season four's premiere episode one called smoke. Uh, As per usual, with the beginning of a new season of Better Call Saul, we get some flash forwards of Gene, the Cinnabon manager. You know, they've said his last name, I think, a few times in this episode, but I never caught it.
3: Yeah, I never.
2: He has some fake last name. Takovic. Yeah, I guess. Like I just prefer his last name to be the Cinnabon manager. Yeah. Or the, perhaps, being his middle name. Uh, In a flash-forward, following his collapse, uh, which, by the way, if you don't remember, the last time we saw him at the beginning of Season 3, he clutched at his heart and collapsed to the ground at the Cinnabon. Uh, A nervous gene has a worrying encounter with a hospital clerk who needs his personal information. He actually, this is really not uh, representative of all of it. Uh, He has several worrying encounters. (laughs) <laughs> uh, including with people seeing him in the mall and people in the hospital and the woman working in the hospital and then the taxi driver. He's worried that uh, the, the taxi who took him home, cause he just had a health scare. He was worried that the taxi who took him home, uh, he has an Albuquerque isotopes minor league baseball team uh, logo or something hanging from his like an air freshener or something hanging from his rear view. And, Gene, aka Saul, aka Jimmy, thinks that this guy maybe recognizes him, then or something. And the guy does behave weird. Yeah, he's just staring at him. He keeps staring at him. He never responds when when he's like, "Hey, you know, pull over. This is this is this is good." And he <laughs> just he gets out of the car and he's all weirded out. And the car doesn't move. He doesn't drive away or nothing. It's really weird. And that's where we kind of leave him with. Back in the present. Jimmy and Kim learn of Chuck's death, and believing himself responsible, Jimmy falls into a deep depression. Howard arranges Chuck's funeral and later admits to Jimmy and Kim that he believes Chuck's dismissal from Hamlin Hamlin McGill caused him to commit suicide. On hearing this, Jimmy immediately regains his happy-go-lucky demeanor. Mike takes the offer to work as security consultant for Madrigal, Following Hector Salamanca's stroke, Gus Fring's cartel bosses have Nacho take over Hector's drug operations. Gus remains suspicious of Nacho and has Victor follow him. So, what did you think of the Season
3: 4 premiere? It was great. That whole taxi sequence, and then, you know, we've talked about it before, but just no talking, just Mike doing Mike stuff. and You know, what the fuck is he doing? And then it's just completely... Nowhere where you thought it was going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I could watch a
2: fucking Mike show, and they've <laughs> could done. Watch this. Mike just driving around in that warehouse all day. They've done. He somehow <laughs> made it engaging. I don't know how he did it, uh, but I was just like, "Clean." I'm like, "What's he up? What's he up to? What's going on? What the fuck is yeah. he doing?" <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's. You know, he's. He. You know, we see him call Madrigal. And he, you know, it's clear he steals some dude's ID to get in. And he steals, like, a little rolly car. He signs, oh, so much. Like, the, there's these the guys birthday. in, in the, the birthday in the break room where these two guys are talking about if Muhammad Ali and Bruce Lee got into a fight who would win. That Does he have a gun? <laughs> Ooh, then Ali Bruce would kill. Yeah, Then No,
3: he doesn't have a gun. Well, then Muhammad Ali would beat him in like three minutes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that, that was awesome. And they're like, oh, hey, did you sign Tiffany's birthday card or whatever? And he's like, no. And he's like, do you want to? And he's like, sure. And like signs the fucking birthday <laughs> card.
3: Uh, and he's not hiding the badge. Because that was my thing. It's like, why is Mike. Like, it's obviously not him on the picture. Why no, is he it, just leaving this out?
2: I think he's. I think he's, I mean, partly I think he's like, it's kind of a middle-aged white guy who's bald, and people aren't going to pay that much attention to it. Uh, but, I mean, so we eventually, we find out that he's just working as a security consultant, and he's like, here's all the shit I was able to do, and you guys didn't weren't able to stop me or detect me or nothing.
3: Yeah, no one came up to me.
2: Uh, it was... It was tremendous. And another thing about this show—well,
3: I'd never heard of you. Oh, that's great. We'll call home office, talk <laughs> to this lady, <laughs> uh, and tell her that Mike Aaron Trout was here.
2: What's? <laughs> yeah, and another thing, like uh, we've talked about it before, but this show is so masterfully created in,
3: like, with sound. Yeah, and it was great editing. I was the reason why that whole great Mike editing. thing was engaging was the way they did the cuts. Yes. Because it was very fluid. Even though he wasn't doing anything besides driving around on a golf cart. No, car.
2: and every he'd have a suspicious look every now and again. And then he stopped one time to warn these guys that they were ignoring <laughs> safety regulations or something. <laughs> Why don't
3: you stop what you're doing, put on a belt.
2: Right, I thought, he was gloves. To, I thought he was up to something sinister or whatever, and then he was just Mike being Mike for a minute to be like, hey. But no, it turns out he was literally, this was what he was supposed to be doing was, um, you know, being a security <laughs> consultant. Uh there was so much stuff, like, you find yourself, because the, the sound design in the show, and it's so, like, simple, because there's nothing crazy. It's not like they have to come up with a sound for a laser beam or some some crazy thing that doesn't exist. It's all grounded, real-world stuff, but the the sound design itself is so, like, I don't know, they pay so much attention to it everything sounds like it's the real thing. And then probably in a lot of cases they just did uh, record the real things. But it's, you know, sometimes you see like those schlocky uh, Foley, you know, people doing Foley, and it's like people clomping around on boards and like breaking celery.
3: Oh, my God. Like the phone shutting in The Departed. <laughs> yeah. And no one knows what I'm talking about. Watch The Departed, and every time they close one of their Motorola Razors, mm-hmm. it sounds like they freaking dropped a bag of bricks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every everything here just, it sounds like, it almost sounds, and maybe they did, I have no idea, but everything sounds like they just recorded the things that were in the room. Like you're hearing real audio from the room, not something that was dubbed over. I don't think that that's the case. Usually sets are pretty loud and shit. Uh, so I'm presuming this was all, you know, uh, dubbed over audio with, with sound design and stuff. But it's, it's one thing you'll notice, because they like to do a lot of quiet moments on this show, and it's mostly only filled with ambient noise and sounds from the environment. And it's just perfect. It's awesome the way... They, and we've said this a bunch of times, but... Oh, it's excellent. Uh, the uh, I guess the thing that took all the back seat was the stuff with Gus and uh, Nacho. Although I loved that they, I picked up on this right away, like Nacho has the, uh, I, I'm guessing they're, they're Hector's Real medication yeah. that he still has on him. And there's a moment where he's... No, no, get, he has the
3: fakes, because the whole thing was he had to do the double oh, switch. Oh, he
2: had to do the double switch, right. Yeah. So he's got the fakes, and yeah. he sees a sewer grate with, the, like, an open corner pocket. And it took me, like, a second, but I immediately remembered, like, it, it's kind of a callback to last season when he had to try to do that switch to, like, yeah. chuck it into the pocket uh, of Hector's coat. And he thought about doing it here. And I'm like, oh, that's a really great callback. Uh, but then Gus kind of becomes aware of Nacho's presence, and that's oh, such to... a good
3: scene like of me. just like him watching him because it was really natural. Like if, mm-hmm. when you're on your phone, like you're not usually you're not just staying there. Like you are kind of pacing or moving mm-hmm. back and forth. Especially but he, me, but he's doing it. But he's also doing it because like hitting something's up. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see how they're going to do the crossover with. With Nacho and Gus. Because, you know, we never saw any of that stuff in Breaking Bad. Because Nacho dies in Breaking Bad, right? Doesn't he die in one of the episodes? I believe so. He gets blown up in Tuco's... uh, thingy? Yeah, like in that second floor when they, like, bomb it or whatever.
2: Oh, I believe so, yes. Um, So what do you think about the stuff with Jimmy in this episode? And him and Kim... And more Jimmy, but Kim is also... Uh, in this as well, dealing with the death of Chuck McGill, what'd you make of all this stuff with Jimmy?
3: Um, I thought the stuff with Howard was great. You're talking about sound, the, the phone, like the way they used Howard on and the phone, like, Oh, mm. it's kind of faded. It was cool because I had subtitles. So I actually could he- understand everything that he said. Uh, yeah.
2: And he's reading him the, uh, the obituary that yeah. he's
3: written. So, like, every time, like, when the phone's down, you can't even hear it, but, like, you can actually, thank God I watch things with subtitles, I could actually read the full font uh, of what he, what he was saying, and then whenever Kim picks it back up, his voice picks it back up. You know, it's just little stuff like that, because, you know, they're essentially giving you the information that they want to give you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and whenever Howard has that big breakdown, of what, just, ah, uh, Jimmy, you know, he just...
2: So how do you? Take oh, that, not my fault. Yeah, how do? You, is that how you took that reaction as well? That like he was carrying this heavy on his shoulders, thinking it was his fault. And as soon as somebody gives him the out, that he's like, "Oh, thank God, it's not yeah, my it fault." Gives him, it gives him doubt that
3: he wasn't completely culpable, right. which
2: he was. He to a degree. That's uh, a culmination of a lot of things that.
3: Led yeah, yeah. It just yeah. He. he the, I mean, you've seen Jimmy do it before. The way he's going to rationalize it, like he has a big heart, but the moment that he doesn't think he's at fault or a perpetrator in it or you can put the blame on somebody else because that was always chuck's thing about him is that jimmy will never take responsibility for it and it's not that he doesn't take responsibility for it he will take responsibility for it up to a point if he can pass it off on somebody he's definitely going to pass it off yeah oh, Great. because uh, he can't look at himself internally like that and that's you know why what's that's what makes him so tragic is he's you know, not to bring up a show that I love and you also love, but it's, you know, it's something like BoJack Horseman, like the whole thing that makes it engaging is that he's aware of his own misery and his own self-loathing. That's way more engaging to me and
2: interesting similar to Similar
3: characters. Yeah, it's, it's way more interesting to me to watch someone who knows that they're uh, self-defeating or aware that. They're their own worst enemy versus someone who's kind of like a sad sack and isn't. Yeah, yeah, because it's just it's way more engaging. It for me, I could be more empathetic to it because you're aware of the problem, but like you, but because of who you are, you can't stop that from happening. Like you, you can't change who you are, which you know so many shows kind of make it sound like if they do it, you become better. I mean, Breaking Bad was like that. Like he was always kind of a horrible person, but he became more extreme because, you know, the shackles of his life mm. were removed. Yeah. And that's kind of like with Jimmy. It's just Jimmy's also a, has a good heart. That's what makes it sadder versus someone like Walter White. Yeah. Yeah, but. agreed. Uh yeah, it so was a weird was... ending. Like the the way that they ended it of just like, "Hey, want cop?" Like it was just a weird cut. Like that was the only mm-hmm. thing that was just like, oh, oh oh, okay, well, this is done." Uh <laughs> Yeah, the but... ending
2: the ending totally felt like it came out of nowhere a little bit. Um they had to do it
3: cuz of time.
2: Perhaps, yeah. Uh and maybe they wanted it to be abrupt. I mean, his change in feeling was very abrupt. Yeah. I mean, to me it was so abrupt. I thought it was him just going a little crazy. was
3: yeah, like they, it's like they it shut the book. Abrupt,
2: yeah. It was just such an abrupt change. I thought maybe, you know, maybe that's why they wanted to. Yeah, but
3: like you said, it. we've seen him do that before, too. Yeah.
2: Um, if uh, Well, any other thoughts? If not, what would you give the
3: premiere episode of season four? Uh, like a four and a quarter. It was good. I mean that those the the uh, opening sequence it was as soon as it ended, I just went over the Robbie. I was like, "Well, well, they're gonna have to wait over a year before we get to see this one resolved." <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh,
2: the oh yeah, like as he's, he's running away from the the cabbie or whatever, essentially, because that was
3: just oh my gosh, so tense, and then just the mic going around. What are you doing? You know, again, not really relying on dialogue for a good chunk of time. And even Jimmy was pretty silent, but you know, but it was it served a purpose. Now he's the You know, he's becoming Saul. I mean, the way he reacted, I mean, that's the like that's the Saul Goodman that we see. Like you know, we've seen flashes of it, but that was like full on happy go lucky, put on a face, we're gonna go do this gung-ho thing. Like that was the um I like the scene
2: where it's just like him and Kim drinking,
3: yeah as well, and that it was, was the was expensive
2: awesome. stuff from the
3: uh the mm-hmm. restaurant
2: yeah the uh yeah i I went four and a half this was a great episode- I mean they've all been great, uh, <laughs> yeah. but this is another great episode from a great show that people should really watch, like if they. If they liked Breaking Bad for more than just the concept of, like, the school teacher who becomes a drug kingpin, uh, you know, if they, if they like it for more than just that concept, if more about the show than that appeals to them, they should really watch this show.
3: Yeah, if you like character and... I'm not saying the plot's ever bad at them, but, like, if you really like character... Mm-hmm. Where character stuff is what drives the plot. That's why I love the show so much. It isn't so much we got to get the plot because the plot demands it. It's, well, where are these characters going to take us? You know, the characters are what drives the plot, and that's why I like the show so much.
2: It's tremendous. Uh, before we head off, uh, I'd like to thank Adam Tickets, the sponsor for this episode. Head on over to slash Adam Tickets or click the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page and pick yourself up uh, some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. Uh, And also, you can uh, check out the archives of the show, cinemageekly.com, and uh, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Just search for Better Talk Saul and hit subscribe, and that way you can listen to us talk about the next episode, Season 4, Episode 2 of Better Call Saul. It's called... Breathe. Now your troubles are gone.
0: His insurance will surely pay. You get to the bank, but the cops say, whoa, who are you going to die when they lock you down cold? Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. He'll fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man.